Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, when you use code DNVR, you can turn a $5 bet into $200 in free bets all month long, all tournament long. March Madness, it's going down. It's happening even tonight as we speak while we record this. Again, just use code DNVR. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. And joining me today, as he does in his almost bi-monthly spot, our good friend from Rock's Pile, it's Kevin Henry. What's going on, buddy? Hey, it's all good to see you, Patrick. All is well, man. It's been a big day, huh? When isn't it a big day right now for the Colorado Rockies? Absolutely. They're doing things. You know, the fans always say do something. Well, they're doing it. They are. They are. I, I, I think we'll have to get Noah to write an article about the five slowest news days. And I think number five might be Ryan McMahon gets an extension because every day it's been something else. And the big news, of course, today on Thursday, as we record it, it's the end of an era, Ryan El Tapia and a nice little prospect we can touch on in a bit goes to the Toronto Blue Jays for Randall Grichuk and some cash shots either that it happened or that it was Ryan Maltapia. What was your initial reaction when you heard that, Kevin? You know, there's been so much buzz about that Tapia could be on the trading block. And I think whenever Chris Bryant was signed by the Rockies, I think that really hastened things along. Of course, they needed to get the arbitration done to know exactly how much he was going to get this season. But I think we've talked about it for a while during the offseason. But then when Chris Bryant was signed, it was one of those, okay, the clock's ticking now at this point, at least in my mind. How about you? Yeah, I was shocked from the aspect of, and and again, probably shouldn't be now at this point, but a move that it seemed like the Rockies so obviously had to make, not that they had to, but it just made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I really thought there was a chance he could have been designated for assignment, depending on which way the payroll was going to go. And you say, well, Tapia and Daniel Bard combined making about $9 million. That's a lot for a club like Colorado that had been shedding payroll the last couple of seasons. Now, granted, they've gone the exact opposite way with that. But even still, as you said, to your point, there might not have really been a spot for him. But Black said it numerous times uh, throughout you know, his, his morning meetings in Arizona. You and I were both there. He talked about how he felt comfortable with Ryan Altapia being able to play all three outfield positions. Wasn't going to be playing left field. Wasn't probably going to be getting a bulk of starts in right. So really, it was only center field. And okay, but... Would you rather like the upside of Sam Hilliard versus Ryan Maltapia? So he, as you said, he really became the odd man out. And I was just shocked from the aspect of, wow, Bill Schmidt got it done. He, he did a deal that we kind of all saw coming, but under the Jeff Breidich era, those kind of trades really weren't done. They, yeah. they weren't worked out. And so tip of the cap to Bill Schmidt for yet another great acquisition. Yeah, I, I think if you get past last season's trade deadline and everything that happened there with Story and Gray, which has been rehashed a hundred times, you know, he's really had a pretty solid offseason. He really has. He's remolded this roster. And if you think back two, three weeks ago, you know, whenever you and I were hanging out in Arizona together, there were some questions about this Rockies outfield. How was it really going to shake out? A lot of those questions have been answered now. And, and I think really the biggest one is going to be, how are they going to use Sam Hilliard? And I think that that's kind of the wild card right now. But I think with the DH, you've got a lot of opportunities for him and Connor Joe to still factor in. So the guy coming into the Rockies, Randall Grichik, he's 30 years old, comes over from the Blue Jays, came up 
uh, in both the Angels organization was traded to the Cardinals. I think that's where he ended up making his debut there for a few years. So is a guy that really since 2019 has been more of a center fielder for the Toronto Blue Jays. Defensive metrics don't like him a ton in center, but as you said there, Sam Hilliard, you go ahead and put him in center. Now Gritchick is in right and Charlie Blackman, though he may not want to be the DH, may be inclined to say, wow, look at this roster. Look at all these guys. Really interesting to see what's going on. And now you can mix and match because the DH spot now too, that that makes it so interesting. I want to talk about the bench eventually because that might be the biggest strength the Rockies have now. Because I think all of these parts moving, you say, all right, Story and Gray are gone. What did you bring in? How much better are these new guys over right. Story and Gray? And it might not be a ton better, but once you look at the bench, I think that maybe changes the conversation just a little bit. And so with the DH there, as Buddy said every morning, look, the young guys, it, it's better to have Sam Hilliard out there in center and a 30-year-old and Randall Gritchick in right than a 36-year-old Charlie Blackman. So the young guys are going to be in the field. They're going to be in the lineup. We know that. Absolutely. But you don't want to you want to put a young guy at DH. You want him to go and chase baseballs down. You do, and you know Bill Schmidt said at the GM meetings, and we've talked about this, how that you know that that spot people are going to rotate through there. He's going to make sure the guys get a day off their feet during those uh, long home stands, especially whenever you know the heat kicks in here in uh, Denver in the summertime. But I am curious to see, as you mentioned, the, I think the bench has gotten stronger. I think these moves to bring in Bryant and Grichik are going to pay off big for the Rockies. I really do. And I think back to October, that last series of the year in Arizona, whenever Bill Schmidt, Greg Fiesel were talking about, we've got to get some power in the outfield. Well, mission accomplished. They've done that just in the past week. Randall Gritchick in his last five full seasons, we're not going to count 2020, but his last five full seasons, 20 or more home runs. I think career high in 2019 with 31 home runs. So you like the idea of him possibly getting a bit of a, of a bump from playing in Coors Field. Is a middle of the order bat. Uh, I don't think he has a 100 RBI season under his belt. I know he hit mostly with the Cardinals, a little bit more towards the top of the lineup from time to time. Didn't get as many regular ABs, but is a guy now in that middle of the lineup that is going to help out. And is there another right-handed bat? And now, you know, that was one of the dynamics. I think that you could possibly have concern. If you just go player for player, I think you're getting an upgrade in Randall Gritchick. But now maybe you don't have enough left-handed bats for a true platoon. But if Connor Joe and Randall Gritchick are able to hit both righties and lefties equally, you don't need to worry about splitting those guys up and having a share at any one position. Agreed. And I think that that's going to be really one thing to watch is how quickly do these guys get out of the gate? Does Sam Hilliard actually get off the tee and prove that he can be consistent? He can cut down on those strikeouts. When do the games actually matter? I think that's one of the biggest things that's going to determine exactly how much time that Gritch expends in the outfield versus the DH and how they're going to rotate those guys through. The only troublesome thing you could think of is Sam Hilliard really is going to have to earn his spot. I mean, all yeah. guys are going to have to do that. But in, a, in almost a perfect world, it's funny because I think in the perfect world, the Rockies you know, are a 100-loss team, and you could just let guys go out there and blossom, have the year to themselves because there's no threat. But as I said, a 100-loss team is not a dream scenario. But you would like for Sam to go out there and just kind of be unburdened with, with battling for a spot. But he's going to still have to do that. And if he does, all that upside that everyone's been talking about for so long can finally 
come to fruition. Maybe he's turned a corner after last year and you've got that thump in the lineup, whether he's in the middle or whether he's batting ninth and getting protection from Charlie Blackman, if he's leading off. And so you have, as you said, the power numbers had to have improved, but Black said it all season long, Schmidt, Fiesel, they have to improve their power numbers and they've really done that. They've really addressed that despite the loss of a 30 plus home run guy in Trevor story. And I'm really curious what this is going to do to a guy that we haven't mentioned so far, Jonathan Daza. You know, what is going to happen now to him in the outfield? What's going to happen to Hampson's time in the outfield? Is he going to turn into one of those super utility guys bouncing between short, second, and center? You know, that's the guy who spent the most time in center field last year of anybody was Hampson. So I'm curious to see, especially with those two, what this acquisition does, maybe even more than what happens with Sam Hilliard. So right now on the bench, if you only carry – four guys, one of which is going to be backup catcher Dom Nunez. We do know that rosters will expand from 26 to 28. Uh, I think there's going to be a limit maybe with with how many pitchers you can use. I know in the past with the 26-man roster, I'm not sure that I've seen those details just yet exactly. But even with a four-man bench, Dom Nunez is there. You got Garrett Hampson. Okay, that's a nice guy off the bench. Jonathan Daza, maybe more defensively. He did get into a groove at the top of the lineup with Tapia, the swagger and dagger last year. So for periods of time, he's, he's hit at every level. He's a good guy for batting average, putting the ball in play and then Connor Joe. And so that's a much more solid bench, still a bench that hasn't proven a ton at the big league level, but a bench you go, okay, this has been an area where they've been lacking. So if someone goes down, you can plug in Connor Joe now to be your everyday left fielder. If Bryant is over in, right field or Garrett Hampson can be your second baseman. And yeah, you're not leaning down on triple a quite as much as in the past. Now those guys will be on your bench, you know, Trejo who's looked good so far this spring. Now those guys go on your bench and you kind of have a much better pipeline and just better overall depth right now following this Tapia for Gritchick trade. Yeah. And don't, don't overlook Connor Joe, maybe getting those starts at first base as well, you know, to spell off CJ Crone. I think that that's a real important part of what he brings to this as well. You know, all those guys with the exception of Nunez, of course, but all those guys are going to be able to mix and match in some form or fashion. And we know how Bud Black and the Rockies love their versatility. And I think that's, what's going to be coming off the bench. Yeah, we've talked about it, I think, the last couple of years, this idea of there's maybe four outfielders. And so you can rotate and with a day off, if you're playing every three days and then the fourth day you're off. Well, then everybody can get 450, 500 at bats. And now with the DH, and as you said, Connor Joe, having that kind of flexibility, he's looked pretty good so far in spring over at first base. Remember, he was a guy that came up on the dirt, you know, was a catcher in high school was drafted as a third baseman. So he knows the corners, he knows the dirt, he knows the infield. So he can be a guy that spells. And I, and I like that idea too, as you said, with coming in and, and giving CJ Crone a break because Crone had very much a career year. He needed to have it to stabilize himself. You know, has a two year, $14.5 million deal. But if anyone is going to maybe backslide even just a little bit, you could see that possibly could be him with his second year. And again, as a first baseman, will you expect 30 homers, 100 RBI, if you're only hitting 20 on the nose and only driving in 80 on the nose, you might be falling short a little bit. So that's where Connor Joe comes in and can help pick up the slack. And I think we're going to get our first taste of how exactly they're going to rotate that DH spot, you know, early that mid-April uh, homestand where that, I believe it's the Cubs and the Phillies to come in. And it's a longer stretch in there. So that's what, you know, uh, was envisioned whenever uh, Bill Schmidt said that in the the 
the fall, uh, that he wasn't going to go get a Nelson Cruz, that that's all that he could do. So it's going to be real interesting to see, again, how does all this shake out just in the first couple of weeks of the season? And then, as you mentioned, let's not forget those rosters go back down May 1st. So that's going to be some tough decisions right there. It's not a tough decision to hang out on the corner of Colfax and York at the DNVR bar, especially if you're a member, because you know you get price breaks for all the Broncos tailgates, for the Nuggets party bus that we have going on. You also get a member-sized beer when you're down at the DNVR bar. If you want an annual membership, you get a shirt for free at dnvrlocker.com. If you just want to dip your toe in the water, that's fine. It's only 50 cents for your first month. And again, the member-sized beer probably more than pays for itself when you're hanging out, whether it's a watch party or just a random odd Thursday because you want to watch a little NCAA March Madness. And speaking of which, you can join the action on the court during this biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can turn your team's victory into your own big win with DraftKings Sportsbook. Now new customers can bet $5 on any team to win, and you'll get $200 in free bets if they do. It's really that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings customers, you can just get in on the action with same game parlays, you know, multiple bets from the same game equate to an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can now deposit withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win all tournament long. You get $200 in free bets if they do. Remember, if they win, you win with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Kevin, I know we, we might miss a little bit of the buildup here uh, for, the, for the game going on tonight. But guess what? I know you're not really missing out on the game because you're going to turn on your Avaca TV to watch Nuggets and Avs now. AT&T Sportsnet is there. So you got the Rockies. Everything that you need, Rapids, Mammoth, CSU Rams, Denver Pioneers, you can get it when you go to avaca.tv slash DNVR. Zero hidden fees or contracts. It's just $25 per month plus a receiver. Your price is locked in for two years, and then you never have to worry again with Evaca TV. And you can just enjoy the Nuggets, Avs, and Rockies all in one place. Evaca.tv slash DNVR. I put you in that corner and say, that's where you're going to watch your AT&T sports net. But really you're always at the ballpark, even on the road. You, you have to you, be right. Yeah. Your I mean, flyer mileage is, 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 <laughs> is beyond compare. Now, did you have a good time when you were down in spring training? That's I had a great time. First of all, get to hang with you. Awesome. Uh, second of all, the weather was fantastic. And it was good to see the guys showing up and getting, you know, your kind of first taste talking to them and kind of how their off season was. And, and I don't know about you, but it was actually so nice just to be back in the clubhouse. You know, that was our first time in two years. So we actually got to, you know, hang out with these guys in the clubhouse. Uh, that was fantastic, man. Yeah, first time since the pandemic. We got to go in and didn't get too many odd looks from the players. Like, what's this guy doing in here? They were great. Very upbeat. I mean, that's usually the vibe, but you can kind of cut through maybe some of the you know, nuke isms and Crash Davis, you know, they're baseball players. So, hey, just glad to be here, like wherever the coach. There's something behind that, as we saw, obviously, down there, this excitement that was building and that, hey, something is different, especially the guys who've been around the last couple of yeah. years and saw Daniel Murphy is the only free agent you guys are going to bring in. You know, December 2018 was really the last time a guy from outside the organization that was a true free agent that had over six years of service time and all of that just really started to change and the, the vibes are, are immaculate 
dare I say, down in, in Scottsdale. What have you been thinking so far of, of watching games, picking up on it? Anyone jumping out to an early lead as far as, hey, there should be more buzz about this guy or – you know, well, he's an opening day candidate, despite maybe having to battle. Oh bit. man, that that's a really good question. You know, I I, I feel like the roster is almost locked for right now. Yeah. You know, I, I you mentioned Trejo a few minutes ago. I mean, and obviously Tovar has made such an impact. Uh, I think all of us that have seen him have realized he's the real deal. He absolutely is. So, I you know, I don't know if there's anybody that's really surprising me right now, but I think to watch Tovar take those steps in front of our eyes. And certainly he's still some time away from getting to Coors Field. But you realize why the Rockies signed Iglesias as that bridge piece. And you see that Tovar is going to be that next guy up. And certainly that's nothing against Trejo or anything else, but they are building the bridge for Tovar to get there. And, you know, they're bringing in Iglesias, obviously, to fill the hole by Trevor Story, but to provide some, you know, defensive support. And that's something that Tovar does really well. So most more than likely, we'll start the year in double-A Hartford. And, you know, it wouldn't be crazy to see see us, uh, you know, going to the ballpark and, and seeing Tovar's name in the lineup in a game maybe in, in, in late September, where, again, if you're just looking for a defensive replacement, that could could happen. And whatever you get from from the plate, whatever you get offensively is, is just icing on the cake because that's his glove is what he brings most. That could be a stretch to think that he'll be, you know, on the roster in September, but he's a guy that the, the entire organization is buzzing about and Absolutely. really speaks highly of. Yeah. And, and I think it depends on what the Rocky situation is come September. You know, right. are they really, you know, are they in the thick of things with that extra playoff spot? Now uh, that is something that I think a lot of folks three weeks ago might have kind of you know scoffed at but I think the moves that they've made right now they've solidified at least the lineup I still think that there are some questions as far as the pitching goes and actually what happens with that fifth starter spot and if the starters can stay healthy and that fifth starter spot can come along you know I think that's a huge question mark right now but uh, position player wise I think they've definitely improved yeah Tovar, 20 years old so far this spring. He's eight for 13 following Thursday's game against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Eight for 13, batting 615, has a double. Now two home runs, four RBI, first major league camp. You know, he's he's been fantastic. He's been great to watch. And, you know, what what gives you maybe some hope possibly with all the moves that Bill Schmidt has been doing and how he's been going about his business, you know, you know, a bit differently than, than Jeff Breidich is this idea that, you know, it's two pronged. The team really only has to get to July and be in contention. And then Bill can go out and make some moves. Mm -hmm. Or if the team is out of contention, you know what, we'll see what he does. And maybe he learns from, you know, last off season and says, you know, maybe I need to get offload more of these guys and get prospects and maybe save money and bank it for the future. So Iglesias gets traded and now, Trejo's there for a little while, maybe Hampson. And then you see Tovar, like there's a lot more possibilities you can see and not just say, ah, eh, it's just the old, old Rockies way of, of conducting business. Now things are, things are going differently. This, this is, it's still Dick Monfort's team, but right now he's letting his GM run it the way he wants to. I agree with that. And, you know, there's something that our, our mutual friend, Noah Yingling texted to me. Uh, about the Bill Schmidt connection with the Blue Jays. Did you happen to know that connection? Because I can throw out some knowledge at you here. No, I'll, I'll say this though, in case this is in case this is the deal. Okay. Uh, the last trade that they made was not the Troy Tulowitzki deal. It was the Sung Wan O deal. 
Right. Uh, where they traded Chad Spangenberger and Forrest Wall, who, again, Rockies don't really trade too many of their prospects away. And that deal's worked out, I think, pretty well for the Rockies. Um, I know I think Wall was on the 40-man roster for a little bit. Those are still young guys, but they, they certainly haven't reached their peak. And with this trade of, of Tapia for Gritchick, they include an 18-year-old infielder, probably going to be a second baseman. He's about five foot yep. six, but he's got a lot of buzz about him, was a sleeper of that international class in 2020. And so what we're seeing is a willingness to give up some of their better prospects. And, yep. and some of that, uh, I don't want to get too, too, too far uh, upriver here, downriver, I should say, because I want to hear what Noah had to say. But by including a, a better kind of sleeper prospect that's further away, don't really see him on top 30 list because he's still yet to play baseball. The U.S. you know, was second in the league, about 360 in the Dominican Summer League. But because you included a, a prospect that clearly Toronto was really interested in, that allowed Toronto to say, hey, we'll also float you $9.7 million right. with Grichik's deal. And now they are really going to be paying you know, Grichik five and a half, maybe $6 million average over the next two seasons, which is only about $2 million more than what Ryan Altapi is going to be getting for that kind of upgrade. Yeah, and I think that that's a big point, what you just made right there, is the fact that they worked out a deal to make this a very cost-effective move for them as well. And and you're certainly right. There's been a lot of talk out there about how the Rockies hold on to their prospects. And with some prospects, it makes perfect sense. But I think the moves that they're making now, where they're making sure that they are getting the players that they want, if they have to sacrifice a prospect for it, so be it. Absolutely. All right. What was what was Noah's take? Oh, okay. All right. So here, so here we go. <laughs> so you know, Bill Schmidt came into this job as like the the baseball guy. He had all the relationships. That was one of the big things. And here's what, uh, you know, leave it to Noah to throw this out here. Uh, Mark Shapiro is the J CEO. Ross Atkins is their GM. Schmidt was with, with Cleveland when Shapiro was getting a start with the Indians. And Atkins was drafted by the team in 1995 when Schmidt was a scout for them. So, you know, mm-hmm. goes all the way back to 1995. And then, of course, Bud was there in Cleveland in the late 1990s as well. So, you know, there's there's always those connections. And with Noah, it always involves Ohio somehow. I'm just going to throw that out there as well. Just saying. It does. I, I You know what? If we can be honest here, I can't stand it when people reference where they're from. And if it's a state outside of Colorado, <laughs> if you ever hear anyone do that, like it's just really <laughs> grinds my gears. I'll tell you, you'll never hear me say that. But yeah, you know what? It, it really opens the doors. Again, Pinto's yeah. a guy you're not going to see on top 40s. But, you know, well, Fernando Tatis was a name that was probably a fringe 100 guy when he was traded from the White Sox to San Diego in that James Shields deal. But again, because he hadn't even he hadn't played a game with the Chicago White Sox, it, you just can't put a guy on a list like that. That's just not how it works. You, you still have to prove yourself. And so I think we could see you know, Adrian Pinto show up on Toronto. You know, he could be their 22nd best prospect mid-season, late season. But guess what? Is that, was he going to help the Rockies on the big league roster this year? No. And so being able to do that, I think, you know, sends a nice signal that uh, the Rockies are are open for business. They got that deal done. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to Drew Goodman here soon on his podcast, which drops on Thursday morning, uh, which was recorded before the trade. He said, Hey, don't expect the Rockies to be done yet. You know, a trade for Ryan Altapia might be coming. So yeah. uh, he certainly highlighted the, the potential for that. Could there be more? It would shock me. It, it wouldn't shock me either. And, and I think that that's something to watch because there was a lot of criticism of the Rockies last year when they sat at the trade deadline. 
I don't think the Rockies will do that again this year, whether they're buyers or sellers, wherever they are. Uh, I think Bill Schmidt has shown this offseason that he's going to do things differently in 2022. Yeah, it, it's exciting, you know, everything that's going on. I mean, think about this. Two weeks and a day from today, we've got opening day. And if you listen to this as the podcast version, go over on YouTube, check out the DNVR Sports Channel where you can watch us interact in that way. See our swag, you know, because it's Ryan Maltapia's day. We're celebrating him. We're both got our swag. I've got a cool hat. Again, you got to go and check it out on YouTube. Kevin's got a sweet looking jersey on. Show, show I, folks flash that. I, I picked that. up the Portland Pickles jersey while I was up there in Oregon. So, you know, got to represent the Pickles, my friend. Uh, you know, and our friend Dylan T. Absolutely. Kevin, you have con mucho swagger. <laughs> You know, I don't have the braids. I can tell you that. But, uh, you know, still, uh, in honor of Tappy, it's the best I could do. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, we're all huge Colorado sports fans here. We know that. And it's probably why you, you know about the American Raptors. It's one of the top rugby teams in the country. It's got crossover athletes for players who played football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, you name it. And right now, there's a quest for the Rugby World Cup with some future U.S. national team hopefuls right here in your backyard in Denver. Go to AmericanRaptors.com for free tickets and check out our very own Colton Strickler on the DNVR Rugby Podcast. It drops every week with info on the basics while also interviewing many of the top athletes and coaches in the sport. He's got excellent betting tips on this year's Super Rugby as well. All that more on AmericanRaptors.com. And hey, if you're looking at relief and recovery creams, it's beautiful outside. You might go for longer walks. Maybe your legs, joints, feet are hurting you, whatever it is. Escape Artist is the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency. It penetrates for deep muscle tissue discomfort that's fast absorbing and best of all, doesn't stain your clothes or sheets. That's not going down. And you can find them at your local Lightshade dispensary. There's 10 in the Denver metro area, soon to be 11. Lightshade has a premier selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flowers, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. Now you can get 25% off all non-sale items with code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for your pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Tell them DNVR sent you for that 25% off non-sale items. Well, despite the, the lack of dreads from both of us, what what are you going to remember most about Ryan Maltapa? What Do you have favorite memories? I mean, he was always a guy that brought a smile to your face. Wasn't an all-star, didn't get there, but nevertheless, yeah. I don't think anyone is going to look back on Ryan Maltapia with any disappointment rarely does a player match his potential and so you don't look at it that way you just look man there were a lot of smiles he provided absolutely you know and and i think the whole swagger and dagger that you mentioned earlier i think whenever he was at his best and he could generate that speed get on the bases cause problems the hustle doubles I, I will think that that's probably the one thing that I'll remember the most about Tap is the fact that he could turn that bloop single into a double and and everybody in the stadium knew it was getting ready to happen. You could almost sense everybody kind of leaning forward like, oh my God, he's going to go for two. So definitely something I remember. How about you? I, mean, I got nostalgic and I was watching some highlights on YouTube and there was one, as soon as it was off the bat, I could hear the AT&T Sportsnet team goes, I don't know, that's an in-betweener. And sure enough, dives, <laughs> helmet goes off, rolls down his back, off the legs. The blonde dreadlocks are flowing. He's got his El Congrejo, you know, headpiece going there, just just doing his thing. You know, that's the one thing I think the fans in Toronto are going to love, just how hard he plays the game. Yeah, You know, he has a joy about him, but because he plays so hard, you don't always see that joy come out, right? Like it's, oh, it's a little bit reserved because he's, 
he, he wants to be successful. And even when he is, he's like, well, that's what I was supposed to do. So I'm not necessarily going to celebrate it and have that moment and smile and, you know, and kind of flaunt it a little bit. He's it was a little bit reserved for a guy that has swagger. He kind of was a little bit reserved. Wouldn't you say? I, I would say that as well, you know, and I think, you know, you've talked to him. I've talked to him, you know, he's a very soft-spoken guy. He doesn't say a lot whenever he's talking. He's one of those guys, you know, to use the cliche, he'd rather put it on the field than he would talk to us and, and to get that completely. But I thought just in his exit interviews today, you know, some of the clips that I saw from Salt River Fields, I thought he was very kind, obviously. You know, this is a big shift for him, and it's something that I'm sure he had heard the rumors, but still, when it actually happens, that's a big change. But I thought he handled it real well and, and absolutely hope he does nothing but good things in Toronto. I saw him on Monday on my final day, gave him a little fist bump. Glad to have you there. Seemed like there was some kind of cloud hanging over him, but you don't know if that's just, hey, I got to go through the physicals. I got to do the thing because he hadn't he hadn't played in the game yet. Right. He hadn't really even seen him take live batting practice. So you know, yeah. that's something that Jonathan does the same thing, like took him a while to travel and, and get his visa and, and, and go through all that and, and finally get to America, get to Arizona. So there's that cloud. And so you never really know what is. It's kind of the same thing with Ryan McMahon the day before he signed his deal. Everyone was talking about like he's in, he was in a really good mood yesterday, and well, you know, that's, <laughs> sure enough, why? That's, that's kind of why, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. As you, as you said, there was uh, his little exit interview with Aaron Munoz translating for him, and you know, Tapia said, "quote I'm a little sad. I've been here my whole career. I appreciate the teammates I've gotten to know over the years. I'd like to thank Colorado for giving me the opportunity to start my career here. And again, this is a kid who was signed in 2011 at 16 years old." Just a baby, you know, plays baseball in the Dominican Summer League for a couple of years, goes to Grand Junction, you know, not knowing the language still as as a kid, goes to Asheville, Double A, Albuquerque for a while, makes all of those diving plays on the hill out there on, on the Tope Slope and really is, is just fighting for those opportunities. And, you know, this is this is the only organization he's known for over a decade. And, and there's some fans that probably only recently got to know him probably during the pandemic in 2020, when, you know, he led the team in batting average was eighth in the national league in hitting with, uh, I think 321 batting average last year, again, had had a bit of that flash and say, Oh, this is an interesting up and coming guy, not realizing it's been a decade that he's been in the organization. Yeah. And, and I talked to him for an article that, that I worked on with the Rockies. And one thing that I heard time and time again is how he's reinvented himself. You know, we remember the crouch that he used to do with, the, you know, and, and all these different ways that he would approach things at the plate. But one thing that we never saw, you know, and, and I'll be honest, I was very critical of Tap whenever it came to the outfield and his defense and everything else. But Bud Black constantly talked about how he was working and things that we never saw and all the drills that he was going through to make sure that he was succeeding in the field as well as at the plate as well. Yeah, you know, he's, he's certainly going to be missed you know, around these parts, again, just a guy who brought a lot of smiles to people's faces. And, you know, when you think about it after the exit of, you know, Cargo after 2018 and, and Nolan, LeMahieu, Story Gray, for Rockies fans, again, nationally, people are just going to remember Charlie Blackman. They might also know Ryan McMahon, but for Rockies fans, like Tapia's right there. It's like, it's McMahon and Tapia. They're, they're almost one, you know, 2A, 2B with Charlie Blackman being number one and you throw Herman Marquez in there. So that'll certainly you know be disappointing for fans of, of number 15, not being able to see him out there and, and left field, a guy who, you know, had his lone 
postseason appearance. You know, had a, had a pinch hit single uh, early. It was in the third inning uh, of that that wild card game against Arizona. Was left off the postseason roster in 2018. So, you know, had those kind of ups and downs. Okay. But you got to hope that in the next two years he can kind of figure things out with Toronto. And I think they're they're getting a really good player. And he's going into a great situation. I mean, the Blue Jays are primed to to make a lot of noise in the American League. And, and certainly, I think that he'll play a role in that. You know, that left-handed bat, uh, it's not going to take them long to figure out that his speed is definitely going to be a weapon. And I'm sure the Blue Jays will employ that. Yeah, they're, they're right now, I think it was this morning, even before the trade, they were favored uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook as, as being yeah. the top team in the AL East, which, which might seem crazy but no even with even with the Yankees and Red Sox they're spending after the Trevor story to Boston thing I mean what what's been your your take on that so much has happened oh man in I just know. the two weeks since baseball's been back I mean you knew he had to sign somewhere but it, is it wrong to say good for Trevor I mean seriously good no. for him you know I, I yeah. think he landed in a good spot and you know the story that came out this morning that talked about how you know I love how uh, he's now calling uh, Bogart's bogey uh, you know, but uh, the story came out that Bogey called Trevor and told him, you know, hey, this is going to be a great fit. You and me up the middle. It's going to be fantastic. I-, I think that says a lot about the culture that he's stepping into there in Boston. And and I'm excited. I'll tell you what, those Blue Jays, Red Sox battles this year, and those are going to be fantastic. Seriously. Yeah, that the, the entire American League East has a yeah. piece of the Rockies. You've got DJ LeMahieu in the Bronx with the Yankees. Now you got Rymel Tapia. With the Blue Jays, Trevor Story is on the Boston Red Sox. The Baltimore Orioles have Pat Vileka. No, actually, I don't. I think, I think he signed elsewhere. I don't. I don't know who the <laughs> Orioles are. Like, <laughs> oh, well, Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles is with the, the Orioles. Jordan Lyles experience, absolutely. Yes, he, he's in there. And then Tampa, if they don't have uh, Kevin Padlove, I think he might still be kicking around they'll, the organization. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's really going to be interesting to see. And and again, Toronto deep talented but they wouldn't have traded for tap if they didn't feel like that he could make a difference there so let's see what he does i believe you and i had parallel thoughts or rather dnvr rockies on twitter and rocks pile on twitter said all right grade the offseason so far yeah i know on our poll about almost 50 percent are giving the rockies a b this offseason 30 percent a c 11 percent said a 12% says D or F. So for the most part, I, I imagine your poll might be very similar. Very, yep. Very people, are, people are giving the Rockies good grades for all their moves. Where where would you have them at? Uh, I, I think score? I think it's a solid B. I really do. I mean, obviously, you know, will Chad Cool be the answer at pitching? I go back to that. Uh, you know, I think that that's something I would have liked to have seen uh, addressed a little bit more, maybe as a starting pitching, but maybe that will be at the deadline. Who knows? Uh, but I think that it's something that they're doing something and they're making sure that they're bringing in guys that are a fit for the holes that they had on the roster. And so I give, I give big kudos to them for doing that. And obviously I'm anxious to see how that whole team comes together uh, opening day against the Dodgers. It's, it's challenging, but it doesn't have to be because the question I asked you is what you perfectly exactly what you answered. And I would agree. I think I would give them a B is how did they do, this off season. And we'll, we'll say the off season started when story and gray left. And so or rather it started the day after. So let's forget that happened. So starting from that point, <laughs> how did the Rockies do B because you know, once you start going back and saying, well, what could have been, it is a different conversation sure. and you, you, you wouldn't grade them that high. 
you wouldn't do that. You know, you're still going to probably hold LeMahieu against the front office or owner Dick Monford. And, you know, same thing with Arenado and Story and Gray. And you say, oh, only 13 months ago, look what was here. When you compare those two things, okay, not as good. But when you just look at since then, and since they, since the house was clean for better or worse, probably for worse, you got to give Bill Schmidt a B. He's, he's doing some things, especially things that we haven't really seen in a while that the organization's doing. Well, and I'll even flash back to when John Gray signed with Texas right before the lockout, you know, and, and everybody went, oh, he, he walked away for nothing. The Rockies got nothing out of it and all the anger and frustration that there was. And again, I think that it's, it's showed since the lockout that the Rockies had a plan. They actually executed the plan. They knew where their holes were. Are they going to win the West? No, they're not going to win the West this year, but they're at least going to be competitive and they're at least going to be a lot better team than they were heading into the lockout. So I give him kudos for that. Absolutely. And the most of the players they brought in are on multiple years, obviously Chris Bryant now with Randall Gritchick, you know, the three one-year deal guys, Iglesias, Colomay, cool which again remains to be seen he's still yet to go out there i think saturday is when he makes his first start might not be in the game might be in a backfield kind of like we saw on thursday with antonio senzatella but those are three pieces that again you've got replacements filling in behind them and with just the way baseball's been going these days um, with the new cba you know getting guys on one-year deals may become more and more easier and with the Rockies, you know, shelling out and paying for those players, I actually thought Angelton Simmons would get more than Jose Iglesias. So maybe the Rockies had to pay a tax. And so that's why he was five point or and I think he's I'm, I'm already forgetting now how much he's getting paid. I thought originally <laughs> it was reported at five point one million. Right. There's been so many uh, moves made, you know, it's hard to keep track of all the numbers and everything yes. else. But but I, I think that the Rockies are showing that they're serious about rebuilding. And, I, and, you know, I know that word is not like to be used, uh, but I think that they've shown it's a different franchise than the one that disenchanted uh, Arenado. I think it's the one that, you know, Story obviously had his issues before he left here as well. But I think they're trying to show we're investing in guys, we're investing in winning, and this is a place that you want to come be a part of if you're a free agent. With the Ryan McMahon extension, I've, I've talked about this a little this week, is that Rockies have a bit of a of a, of a glutton a glut of third baseman right now with Colton Welker, Aaron Schunk, Elahiris Montero, and yep. so again that's a trade chip that 24 hours ago talking about hey maybe the Rockies can use these players since they're you know they're, there's a bit of a roadblock for playing time for them and there's really not necessarily a position for him especially if we're talking about totally at first base you still have the DH but you don't want to want to get that too clogged and now again with this trade of Ramel Tapia and the deal of 18-year-old Adrian Pinto, you begin to see, you know what, maybe the Rockies are willing to trade their prospects. And and for Bill Schmidt, it's going to be, you know, pretty much just as hard as Jeff Breidish, because Jeff Breidish was a guy in, in the player development end of the spectrum. And, and Bill Schmidt was the guy of saying, hey, we should take this guy. And so they're just as much his guys as it was Breidish. So you could see there being the same issue. But so far right now, we're not seeing that. So again, you get to July 1st and you're in contention. Now you've got some more trade chips that don't have room in left field, let's say, or don't have room at third base or first base. Now you can go and, and fortify your bullpen, whatever it is that you need, with there now being six 
postseason spots in the National League. That's a lot. There yes. was a time in our life, it's Kevin, in which six teams didn't make it in all of baseball. Dude, right? absolutely. Seriously. And and I think that that's something that is going to be real interesting to see which team gets that last spot, you know, and what their record is, too. Uh, you know, I think that if you see a team squeak in, you know, and it could happen with a losing record, I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, hey, is this really the right move or not? But we'll see. And, and I do think, you know, I, I love the Ryan McMahon extension. You know, I, I know you and I haven't really talked about that, but I think to have he and Bryant as your tent poles moving forward and then building around them position player-wise, I, I think it's a smart move for the Rockies because those are guys who not only are going to play hard, but they're going to represent your team well, and they're going to be guys that are going to be known nationally too. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. I think it was a good signing. The, the deal's fair, I think, for both sides. You know, the opt-out is certainly weird. I've never seen anything like that. But yeah. it's an opt-out that, you know, rewards, I think, both parties in many ways. It says, hey, if you get in the top five of MVP, you can opt out. Not now, not immediately this season. It'll be the next season. And so it gives the Rockies some time to figure out some things. Maybe now, since it could potentially be like a one-year deal, then you could go and trade them. Whatever it is, it's, it's a win-win situation, I think, for both sides. And uh, it was almost a stroke of genius, I got to say. Yeah, and, and our, I hope that we get to the point where there's an opt-out in there and we're not already counting down the days till a player exercises that on the Rockies. You know, and, and I think that if they can really change that culture and show that it's a different day in Colorado, that if, if Rymac reaches that point and it would kick in, that we're not sitting here going, oh my gosh, you know, it, it's getting ready to happen. That we could actually say, great, it happened. He reached that point and that just means the better things ahead for Denver. We might not even see the benefits of all of these moves to a degree. As I, as I said, three one-year deal guys, okay, you can maybe sort that out with them later or different guys on one-year deals. But for the most part, everyone will be back now. Uh, Gritchick still has two more years, so it's not just a one-year window of, of contention. It's a second. But in 2023, as we know now, it's come out since the CBA, they're shifting the schedule around. So now, instead of the Rockies having those – 19 games against the Giants mm-hmm. and Dodgers. And you know what? Bring on the Padres because I, I, I'm, I'm flipping. I, I'm flipping on them. I, I really thought they were heading the right direction in 2020, 2021, but I'm flipping on them now. And I'm, I think there's a chance that the Rockies could finish ahead of the Padres this year in the standings and be third. But going forward next year, now it'll be much more balanced. And the Rockies will have much more of an equal chance to, to beat up on the Cubs and, and Pirates as their own division mates. So it could could lead to some weird standings, right? Because now yeah. the schedule isn't necessarily balanced within each division. Well, actually, it still is balanced because they're playing generally the same amount of teams, but you can't beat up on the same teams. And so that's really where we could start to see some benefit in a Rockies division where they've got two large market clubs in there. They're stuck with them, can't do anything right now. 2023, they could reap a lot more benefits from this roster. Well, and- and to get to see those new teams come into Coors and to, to get to see those uh, definitely th- um, new rivalries, for lack of a better term. You know, it will be cool to see Trevor Story come in in a Red Sox jersey. Uh, that may be sacrilege to say that. But, you know, I think it will be. And I think that Rockies fans want to give him that ovation that they gave to Arenado, that they gave to Tulo whenever he came back. You know, so I think that that's really a cool thing that we're going to get to see all of these teams at some point sooner than later with that balanced schedule. Aaron, thank you so much for the comment about the great conversation we're having here. Got to shout out Kevin and his partner, Noah. Every week they drop the 
Rocks Pile, Rocky's Report, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Yep. They're doing that. They, they're cranking out great stuff. Before we go, Kev, go ahead and plug away. What are some things that you've been working on or that uh, might be coming out in the pipeline for both Rocks Pile as well as Call to the Pen? You do national stories as well. You're you're a big yeah. dog now. You're a big well, dog. Oh, I'm such a big dog. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Tell my wife that. Uh, so, you know, the biggest thing uh, I just finished up right before we came on here was, you know, you probably heard it earlier today about Dave Roberts guaranteeing the World Series win. You know, so I, I did I, not. Did you not hear that? Yeah, with Dan, with Dan Patrick. Uh, Dave Roberts what? said. We are going to win the World Series this year. Absolutely. Wow. Check, it, check it out, the video on Twitter, because uh, there's the audio of him doing it and everything. And and so I wrote something for Call the Pen that's coming out in the morning that's basically saying, why wouldn't he say that? They're the deepest team on paper, and if you really believe that about your team, why not set that that mile marker for them? You know, Yes, we're going to be great in March and April, but let's make sure we're great in October and November and let's be honest, the Dodgers haven't always done that in recent years. We know that. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, it's a bold it's a bold statement, but you're right. It's not because we're all thinking it. Right. Right. You know, we, we, we yeah. all know that. Go on to DraftKings and see who's the uh, who's the favorite to win it all this year. You know, I mean, it's not it's not a surprise. So, you know, now if Bud Black comes out and says that we're all going to you know make sure he's feeling OK. But, you know, for Dave Roberts to say that, I don't think it's that bold of a move. So I talked about that on Call of the Pen. Uh, and then I am going to be talking about, you know, we talked about Tovar. Uh, you probably saw the home run highlight today, but did you notice it was an 0-2 count with two outs when he hit the tying homer? You know, wow, I, yeah. I think I think that's a pretty cool thing. So I'm going to be talking about that a little bit on Roxville tomorrow about uh, the kids showing, uh, you know, he's got some ice in his veins already. Yeah, switch hitter too. So he's doing it from both sides of the plate. Shortstop. I I, he, I think he has a little Francisco Lindor in him, to be honest. I like that. I and again, like that. three quarters of Francisco Lindor is, is still an all-star. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, you, you take that. So that's, yeah, no, that's that's really exciting. It's funny, you, you mentioned DraftKings and winning the World Series. There's a slam dunk right now, and so I don't necessarily know if I need – this could have changed this morning. I don't know if it is. The over and under right now on DraftKings for wins is 68.68.5. That's uh, – uh, I, I would hop on that. I we, mean, you know, did we, we don't get this last year. Yeah, we, we do with it. We dealt with it last year. It was like, all right. And, and you understood of like, well, okay. The projections suggest that they, you know, might be closer to a hundred win team. And so high sixties, maybe not. And they, they, they were well beyond that. And I think you have a better squad this year. They, they've answered a lot of questions. I think again, that division is really hard at 68 and a half. Yeah, hammer that overall. Yeah, Dang, I, that's I agree a with that completely. Yep. I think the rest of the nation is probably going to think about the under, but I think everyone in Colorado, you know, knows enough that that that's a that's a gimme. That's that would be the fascinating thing to see who bet and for what part of the country on which uh, over under. It would be interesting. Hundred percent. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see that. Kevin, thank you so much. We'll go ahead and leave some links to your articles here in the podcast description, Shit. so you can check all of that out and more. Again. The Rocks Pile Rockies report every week dropping with Noah Yingling. Follow them on Twitter at Rocks Pile FS. On Twitter, we are at DNVR underscore Rockies. I am at Patrick D. Lyons. Only 50 cents now at the DNVR.com. Got to join us. We, we, we need it. We, we, we got to encourage people like Kevin to come back more and more and more. Dude, I will hang out with you anytime, and I look forward to seeing you in the press box at Coors Field, my friend. It's going to be great. It is. April 8th. Let's right do it. The corner. It's exciting. It's been great. It's been wonderful. But you know what they say about momentum. It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I'll talk to you then.